No, Lady Flint. I was stealing it. Well, Laura said, at least you remembered how little I like a liar. She considered the situation for a few moments. The battle had been short but fierce, and Dobry had been one of the first of her soldiers through the walls once their artillery had battered down the gates. He was a brave soldier, if light-fingered. Give the silver to the quartermaster for inventory. Then tell Colonel Olam you volunteer for latrine duty for the next three weeks. I wouldn't suggest telling him why, unless you want to end up in front of a firing squad. Yes, Lady Flint. The rifle jacks do not steal, Laura said. We're mercenaries, not thieves. Dismissed. She watched Aubrey gather the silver and then scramble toward the quartermaster's tent outside the fort walls. She wondered if she should have made an example of him. She did have the moniker Flint to uphold, after all. But the men had been on the frontier for almost a year. Sympathy and discipline needed to be handed out equally, or she'd wind up with a mutiny on her hands. General Flint! She turned, finding a young sergeant approaching from the direction of the demolished mot. Sergeant Padnair, what can I help you with? The sergeant saluted. Colonel Olam's asking for your presence, Mom. He says it's urgent. Vlora scowled. Padnia was pale despite the heat and had a nervous look in his eyes. He was a level-headed man in his late twenties, just a few years younger than her, one of the many soldiers under her command to be forged during the Adran-Kez War. Something must have gone wrong for him to get so worked up. Of course, just making my rounds. I'll come immediately. She followed the sergeant down the street, turning onto the main thoroughfare of the town. She paused once to examine the line of prisoners, all kneeling on the side of the road, a handful of soldiers guarding them. Every one of them was a palo, for Traston natives with bright red hair and pale freckled skin. At a glance she could tell that they were villagers, not warriors. This particular group had seized Fort Samnan, declaring that the fort was on their land and forbidding the Fatrastan government from passing through the area. They'd killed a few dozen settlers and torched some farmhouses, but not much else. It was fairly mild as far as insurrections went. The Fatrastan government had responded by sending Vlora and the Riflejack Mercenary Company to put down the rebels. It wasn't the first time Vlora had put down an insurrection on the frontier. The Fatrastans paid well, after all, and she didn't think it would be the last. A few of the faces glanced up at her, staring vacantly. Some of them glared, a few cursed in Palo as she walked past. She ignored them. She didn't like fighting the Palo, who tended to be passionate, underfunded, and out-armed. That meant a lot of guerrilla warfare, with leaders like the elusive Red Hand causing disproportionate damage to any Fatrastan army with the bad luck to get singled out. Pitched battles, like the siege of Fort Samnan, turned into a damned slaughter in the other direction. As far as Vlora saw it, the poor fools had a point. This was their land. They'd been here since the Dionys left this place almost a thousand years ago, long before the Crescians came over from the Nine and started colonizing for Traster. Unfortunately for them, the Palo couldn't afford to hire the Riflejacks, while the Fatrastan government could. 
Vlora left the prisoners behind and found Colonel Olam just a few moments later on the opposite side of the destroyed mot. At forty-five the colonel was beginning to show his age, streaks of grey creeping into his sandy beard. Vlora thought it made him look distinguished. He wore the same red and blue uniform as his comrades, with only the single silver star at his lapel, opposite the crossed muskets and shako, to mark his rank. An unlit cigarette hung out of the corner of his mouth. Colonel, Vlora said. Flint, Olam responded without looking up. Technically, he was Vlora's second officer. In reality, they were both retired generals of the Adran army and co-owners of the Riflejack Mercenary Company, putting them on equal footing. He preferred the formality of just being Colonel Olam, but she deferred to his judgment just as often as he did to hers.